The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pesky Report, brought to you by Belly Up Sports Media. My name is Brad Chandler. With me today, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, we've got my co-host, Jake, who has just joined the podcast recently. This is our first time working together. So, Jake, how are you doing, boss? Doing great, man. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, as you, you know, I love talking baseball. So uh, and it's been such a joy to be part of the family this week. Uh, you guys have welcomed me with open arms and I just couldn't be it's happier to be to be part of the crew here. So uh, we had a great pod earlier this week with Brandon and uh, now doing doing stuff with you, Brad. So psyched. Yeah, pretty pumped for that. And uh, look forward to seeing what we do together uh, with you on board. Uh, another reason why I'm pretty pumped is because we've got my good friend uh, H-Town Wheelhouse from Locked on Astros. How are we doing? You know, we're doing great. My son and I just returned from a week in Florida, went to spring training, went to the World Baseball Classic. Not so much. So I'm not so much. I don't know if I'm so much a fan of it right now. And we also caught a Miami Heat game. But my son's a big basketball player. So just had a great first experience in Florida. The players couldn't have been nicer. I mean, the stadium is phenomenal. And I highly recommend any baseball fan, if you don't go to spring training, it is basically like going to Disney World for baseball fans. I just absolutely loved it. I agree. Uh, Jake, have you ever uh, been to spring training, a spring training game? So I was... I mean, I was literally, I just got back from, I was in uh, Arizona for a week, um, went to six games out there. Uh, that was amazing. I've done Florida spring training twice as well. Um, this was a while ago, 2012 and 2014. So couldn't agree more uh, that it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like Disneyland. And the best thing about the Arizona one and H I I don't know if you've done Arizona before, no. but it's the fact is, is that all of the parks are within about a 30, 30 mile radius of downtown Phoenix. Whereas in Florida, it's great. And if you're, you know, a Houston fan, you can go there and you you can just, you know, hang out there. Or for if you're a Red Sox fan, you're in Fort Myers. Fort Myers is good because at least the twins are there too. And but um everything's really spread out in Florida. So but in but in uh spring training in Arizona, everything is right there and it's amazing. Wow. And you can hit all these parks. And then in addition to like like you as well, we also did a couple of World Baseball Classic games, which were happening at Chase Field, which was in the middle of everything. So couldn't agree more. If you're a baseball fan, make it a priority at some point to spend a week in March, February, March, vacation time, save your vacation time, whatever. Do it. You will not regret it. It is the best time. You can get close to the players. You see them up right. close. You can get autographs. If that's the thing you care about. Like you see the minor league players. It's the absolute best. So I actually had the chance to go to one single game uh, back in 2019. Uh, my buddy, his wife thought it was going to be a great Christmas present. She was going to spend the money, get him tickets to go to a, uh, a spring training game. And it was supposed to be him and his best friend, who's just so happened to be her cousin. 
and she tells her cousin about it and he's like well one i can't go to that and two just so you know uh that's in florida i don't know why i don't know how she thought this game the spring training game was going to be in boston uh at the end of february but she did so i got i got a text message from my buddy and he's like hey would you like to go to a spring training game and i was like i'd love to but like at that at that time, I just couldn't afford uh, to take time off from work and whatnot. And he was like, well, it's on a weekend. It's on a Sunday. And what if I tell you everything's paid for? Uh, hmm. All you got to pay for is uh, just your food. And I was like, well, what about plane tickets? He's like, we'll take care of it. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I literally spent maybe 14 hours in Florida Watched the game, flew down there, watched the game, flew home. Oh, hey, there you go. I did not know (laughs) anything about going to the backfields and being able to see the players and things like that. So now it's like that's my mission to, like, actually go to a spring training game and get the whole thing in. So It's a blast. So how was it? Like, you went – You was that your first time meeting, like, the players in spring training? Yes. Yeah, so what I did was I made it a priority the first day we we were there to get there about nine in the morning. And I knew exactly kind of where it was in relation to the to the field itself, because the Nationals and the Astros share a facility when you when you park in general admission parking, what's called lot F, you actually come in on the national side. You just have to walk across the complex. And what's cool is you don't even need a ticket to the game to go to the backfields before the game. You can, you just have to walk through three security checkpoints. You go back there and to my left was literally like Jake Myers, Chaz McCormick, Alex Bregman on one field to my right was Corey Brewer, Joey Luperfito, JC Correa, Jeff Bagwell, Dusty Baker was behind me. I mean, they were all there and I got to, um, I actually got to talk to Jake Myers. Um, He, um, I called him over to the fence while he was waiting and we were talking and he remembered the interview I did with him when he was in AAA. And I said, I said, you remember my son? He was with us. He was, oh, my God, he's gotten taller. Like he even he recognized that my son had grown and my son, you know, grinned from year to year. And so I asked him, I said, you know, I have to ask you um, center field. You know, it's kind of up for grabs. You know, coach said that Chaz has got to earn the spot. And I know you're coming back. You're feeling healthy. How are you? And he said, I feel great. And he said, I feel powerful hitting the ball. I feel good throwing the ball. And I gained a new sense of confidence because I've been real low on Jake Myers making this team as a, even as a backup, more of a fourth or fifth outfielder. But from what he told me, you know, he's, he's, he's firing on all cylinders. Um, I walked with JC Correa from the cages to the backfields. I talked to him. Um, He's a, he's a friend of the podcast. Um, Got to meet Drew Gilbert, Will Wagner, some some key prospects talked to Corey Brewer, Joey Luperfito, who have both been guests on the show. Um, and so it was neat to reconnect. Ryan Stanek um, saw saw Sammy and I and ran over. Hey, guys, what's up? Shook our hand. He's been on the show twice. He he took a picture with my son. Um, so we got Bregman's autograph and we got Bagwell's autograph. I didn't really try to get a ton of autographs this time, but it was just great because you got to watch them hit back on the backfields, the minor leaguers are going through situational drills, you know, okay, when you're in the box, there's a guy on second one out, you know, and, and so they're, they're taking up through situations. I even saw some of the young rising stars 
um, Sandro Gaston, who they call El Tanque, who's in the Dominican Summer League, who's an absolute animal, and some other guys that really in a couple years you may be hearing their name in the bigs. Yeah, I saw some of you. I saw your pictures with uh, Stanek, and I was just like, man, that's got to be like the coolest thing in the world. Like, you've talked to these guys. I, I know how that feels. Like, not with major league players, but you know, you the uh, you know kind of jelly there, I guess. But um, you know, just getting these people on your show and like actually getting to know them, and then when you see them in person, it's just like, wow, you have a connection. You know? Yeah, you know, there's there's like a trust level there. They know because when we have them on the show. We treat them right. We don't throw gotcha questions at them. We we send them questions before they come on the show. We're very professional, and we're we're just normal people. We're just we're just like them, and we don't we don't treat them as if oh my gosh, like you're a professional athlete. We just treat them like hey, you're Joe, I'm Mike, kind of thing. You know, just, we're just regular guys, and um, really for the most part, the Astros in the clubhouse, whether it's the most seasoned veteran or the most green rookie, for the most part, they all have a really, really good attitude. So we don't have any prima donnas. We don't have any, like, egos flying around. And so that makes it easier for the fans because they are all approachable. Yeah, it's – I've heard that, uh, especially when it comes to the spring training uh, facilities and whatnot. So, like, that's awesome to hear. Like I said – I went to that one game. I had no idea we were able to go into the backfields. One of the, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, the people, not the security, but the uh, people that make sure like you're in your right seats and whatnot. Like the ushers, yeah. Yeah, the ushers, I guess. I guess that's the correct. They were telling me, they were like, oh, you should have got here a little sooner. Like uh, Mookie Betts was taking batting practice in the backfield. And I just like looked at my buddy and I'm like, bro, like, what are we not doing right? And right. so I, I know for future reference, I'll be getting there at like nine o'clock in the morning for a one. Well, look, here's day. the deal. Here's the deal. Because, you know, we talk about budget. You know, we're real people. I'm a teacher. I'm a podcaster at night, teacher by day. What we should do, um, because the Red Sox facility is in Florida. So we should just get an Airbnb house, split it for a week, go down there, like seriously chop it up, um, go down there. We'll split the Red Sox and Astros games. And I'm telling you, man, we could do this on a budget. We could really make this work. Um, if I had someone to split the cost, dude, I'm telling you, man, we could we could find a good place for a week and um, let's do it on a budget, man. We'll do it. I've actually, I'm I'm 100 down on that. Yeah, but let's make uh, it happen, Brad. Come on, yeah, man. definitely. Let's let's definitely do that. <laughs> um, we have been talking uh, in our group chat recently. We're like, we need to do like a spring training game. Go down there whatever it takes, like, let's do it. Uh, there's people that are on our show that, you know, we've met through the screen, never met in person though. And right. it would be a beautiful thing if we could get all of us together, or at least most of us together for a game, whether it be spring training, Red Sox. So I'm, I'm totally down with that. Uh, we could do that. We could even do a live. We could literally go find Duffy's there and um, in Fort Lauderdale or, or like a, or like a sports bar and we could do a live broadcast locked on and pesky report like teaming up. That would be sweet. Love it. Let's uh let's chat more. Let's do uh, it a, a, a little later. Uh so let's, let's uh I, something just happened within the past like I want to say about half hour. 
uh, maybe 40 minutes uh, as we're recording this. It's uh, the World Baseball Classics being played right now. It's Team USA versus uh, Team Venezuela. And one of your boys just got rocked. Uh, and it doesn't look too good. And it's Jose Altuve. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were telling us that he's like God in Houston. So what are your thoughts on on that situation? Well, <laughs> the immediate reaction, I mean, you have a whole host of people. Like people are wanting to throw Daniel Bard into the Gulf of Mexico right now. Um, they want to strip him of his U.S. citizenship. I mean, they the knives are out. I mean, if you thought if you thought F Altuve or the fuck Altuve chant was like something that was offensive, which we don't even care now. Like you just like you talk bad about Altuve. I I've had a buddy of mine. There was some random Dodgers fan at a it was an Astros and Blue Jays game. Some random Dodgers fans were there talking crap about Altuve. And she's like, listen to me, MF, I'm going to. And she was like about to take their head off because they were talking, just talking bad about Altuve. Look, I understand the pride that these players have. I, I, we got to experience the Dominican Republic versus Israel. And you can't tell these players they can't play. And if the teams allow them, they're going to play. They're big boys. Things are going to happen, right? Like you don't stop playing because injuries are a thing. But when you watch the Mets closer go down, then when you hear Nimmo kind of throw shade and then Nimmo goes down in the spring training game after that, and then you hear Altuve go down and then Freddie Freeman and you're like going, my question is this close to the season, is it worth the risk? Every one of these players have answered that and they've all said yes. So if they're out there, they get paid, they make the choices. We as fans can be upset and frustrated, but gosh, Altuve, like, no offense, but could it be somebody else, please? <laughs> like, not those Altuve. Like, not that anybody's insignificant, but golly, I mean, he's our guy. I mean, he is. This this guy has done so much. And I mean, even Jared Carabas just, like, tweeted. I, I'm not a big Carabas fan, but Carabas is like, I don't understand the Altuve hate. This guy is one of the nicest guys in all Major League Baseball, and he gets crapped on the most. And, and you know... But apparently, y'all say Bard has an issue with control. So, uh, Jake, what year was it? Uh, was it 12? It was so it would have been after he was moved to the rotation, which was 2012, because um, he had been a really excellent setup man in like 2010, 2011. He was great. And then they, it was a Bobby Valentine decision to move him to the rotation in 2012. And he just completely lost it. He completely lost the ability to throw the ball over the plate. And, um, you know, he bounced around a bunch after that. And it's, it's an, it is an amazing story with Bard, the fact that he came back, but, um, and that he became an all-star. I think he was on the all-star team last year for the Rockies, yeah. or he should have been if he wasn't. And then, to, and then, you know, earns a spot on Team USA. And then this is, there are a lot of Red Sox fans tonight having, flashbacks to 10 plus years ago and it is sad mm. to see because it cost him it cost him his the prime of what should have been the prime years of his career because i remember watching daniel bard at unc um the in 06 the year he was a starter that year that they had two aces on that team it was and it was two guys who ended up being relievers 
uh, Andrew Miller and Daniel mm. Bard. Wow. And Bard was, I thought, almost just as good as, as Andrew Miller was. Bard, I remember watching him in the College World Series that year. He was throwing like 98 in the eighth inning. It was incredible. Right. Um, but, you know, he was, the Sox drafted him. They turned him into a reliever. And he was great in that role. But again, they, the Bobby Valentine, I blame him for ruining his career. Um, was it Valentine and, or was it, was it the ownership that was like, Hey, we want this dude as a starter. Well, I, I, you know what? You're actually right. I think it was the ownership or, you know, the front office at the time was Lucino, like, hey, I think he's got to be, a, he needs to be a starter. Um, we think we can get the most value out of him that way. But, but I, I, going back to your point, H town yeah. about the, about the world baseball classic and the stuff like I, I, yeah, I don't think you can get these guys to not want to do it. And the question right. always becomes about what's the right time of year to do it. We've had some discussion in our group chat about they should do it at the end of the season. I just think if you tried to do it in November, nobody would want to participate at the end of a long year. Well, yeah, especially, especially guys, the playoff teams. Especially, yeah, like the Astros, you know, they go, they play 162 games and then three playoff rounds, and you're not going to get those guys to, to want to play or participate. I don't think that – I think this is the the – least of all evils i guess is doing it this time of year but you're dealing with guys that are not ramped up they're not ready to go um so i don't know i think we i think that most reasonable people are in agreement that the the wbc is a great thing for the sport it's a great thing for for the growth of the game of baseball worldwide um and i'm thrilled that they do it but what's the, there is like, there is no good time to do it. They've decided to do it at what is the least, what they've determined is the least bad time. And it's going to result in guys getting injured or not having, not having their control be pinpoint where they are. And guys yeah. like Fred, like Freddie Freeman, like, you know, the, the, the DS thing was a total freak accident. Like it just was could right. happened after exactly. a walk off oh, win no. in April, this, and this thing with Altuve, it stinks. But you know, as Red Sox fans, Brad and I, we just we went through this with Justin Turner a couple of weeks ago, where yep. he gets drilled yeah. in the face and is bleeding like Rocky Balboa on the on the ground, and miraculously he didn't break any bones. He just had to have stitches, and now he's back hitting again. It was kind of amazing. But same thing, he gets hit in a in a spring training game that is quote unquote right. meaningless. Um, and you know, here we are. It's it's just a it's a rough time. Uh, it's it's rough to to. Um, uh, to expect these guys to be playing at their high level at this, in this, uh, exactly, this situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I actually had a story. I don't know if I told you about this. You were saying the whole like fuck Altuve story. So right. I went to a game uh, in 2021, 20, uh, I believe it was. Uh, I got to sit up on the monster seats, great seats, never do it again. Way too expensive. Mm. Um, but uh, we were the Red Sox were playing the Blue Jays, and there were some guys next to us. You know, they had George Springer, and uh, I, I forgot who else was on that team. Uh, but I think George Springer was the only um player who was on the Astros okay. in the 2017 uh season. Well, these guys next to me are calling Lourdes Guriel, you know, obviously Yoli's brother, uh, a cheat. And I just like look over at him at them and I'm like, who are you talking to? He's like, oh, the cheater over there uh, in, in right field. I was like, Lourdes? And he's like, yeah, I, I guess. I was like, he wasn't on that team. And you're a Red Sox fan. We literally have Alex Cora. Like, <laughs> shut up. You yeah. sound like an idiot. So, but seeming as though I, I brought up the 2017. Yeah. Uh, 
situation and everything. You know my feelings on that. I yeah. have no, I genuinely have no hard feelings on that. We've talked about it multiple times uh, right. on and off the show uh, together. But we did have one of our followers uh, who wanted to ask a question okay. about it. His question, this is uh, Sammy James. His question was, what were the vibes like in Houston right after the cheating scandal in 2017? We hear plenty from non-Stros fans would like to hear your point of view. So you, okay, so is he asking what did we think after after the news broke about it, which was like two years after? Like yeah, because I saw that question. I, I saw that question from Sammy too, and I was a little confused because that, because... 2017 was um, yeah okay the, so i was, think and then but then like yeah the fires story in the athletic that wasn't until after now, 19 after you lost to the nats so i would i'm gonna assume he means more like 2019 yeah yeah and when it was yeah. when it broke out like yeah. when everybody found out publicly that okay. there was that scandal so you know it's funny um i actually interviewed john boy um before i joined locked on astros right after that broke and I, I honestly thought that it was a conspiracy theory because we didn't, we didn't believe it. We were like, they, they were hitting a trash can. Like what? Like it didn't make any sense. I'm like, that team was so damn talented. Why the hell would they bang a trash can anyways? And so it took a while for everybody in Houston to, to actually believe it because see Houston, see, we remember when we beat the Knicks in the finals, the Rockets sports illustrated went ahead and printed a New York Knicks victory sports illustrated cover before they printed a Houston cover. So we know what shade is in Houston. Okay. We're not the big market, the big money teams. We're just Houston. We're kind of like, yeah, you know, mission control is kind of a big deal, but you know, everybody else doesn't seem to think so. So when that came out and we, it was confirmed, we were, we were initially disappointed in our team, of course, because you don't, you don't want your team to be, not just accused of cheating, but actually breaking the rules. But 2017 for us, and I don't say this to use the hurricane as an excuse, but when we went through that hurricane and when the team put this whole city on their back, like we've got you, like, and then they were out in the community doing stuff. When they won that World Series, it was almost like, wow, like we won, we've been through hell this year. And it's amazing. And then when the scandal came out, it hurt because it was like, damn it. The only title we have is now forever tainted. Like this sucks because, but you know what? I don't let other fan bases take that from me. Like I don't have it on right now, but I got a shirt that has a 17 and 22 flag because until Rob Manfred says it's null and void, or until Rob Manfred also cancels the Yankees championships that were won with all the steroids until they cancel 2018 with the Red Sox. Look, the bottom line is the hey, league, let's not go there. The league had a problem. The league had a problem. It was a it was a league wide problem. And I think if the Astros had not won the championship, I don't think they would have come down so hard on the Houston Astros. I'll be real honest. Who did we beat that year? Boston, New York, and L.A the three big dogs. And then they found out, well, shit, everybody's doing it. There's like 14 teams we know of. The Astros actually gave them seven or eight of them. The Rockies, the Rockies were using a dang massage gun on the bench. I mean, 
it was asinine all the different things that were going on. And now it just came out recently that the Dodgers were also cheating and they just sucked at it, you know? So my thing is it sucks because it's always marred, but in our minds, it's a legit championship. 2018, I think is a legit championship for the Red Sox. 2020, that's not a legit championship. It was <laughs> game. They can suck on that. Um, you know, I'm sorry. Give Clayton Kershaw 162 in a full playoff season and win one and tell your manager, Dave Roberts, to shut the F up when it's the season saying that they're going to win the World Series. Don't guarantee a World Series. Go out there and earn it. And that's why 2022 is so, I think, enjoyable for us. What, 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 what bothered us the most was there was almost this amiss like arrogance when everybody kind of knew what was happening and they denied it at first that they finally came clean. Carlos came clean. You know, the Astros players eventually all came clean, but at first there was a smugness. And I think that's what rubbed a lot of people the wrong way was they were like, wait, how can you be so smug and arrogant when you clearly broke the rules? Um, so at the end of the day, I understand, I understand people's disdain, but here's a life lesson. If something happens in 2017 and it's 2023 and you're still bitching about it, you've got to go see somebody and talk through those issues because that is no way to live. And I just don't see how people are still pissed off about it. I'm like, build a bridge and get over it. In Texas, we say call the ambulance because like it's done. Right. Um, but that's why 2022 is so important to us guys, because that's a title that no one can say anything about. They want to call us cheaters still screw y'all. You're just jealous. Cause we've been to six straight ALCS. I, I like I said, you know, my feelings, I don't care. Uh, yeah. everybody, everybody cheats. Uh, that's the game of baseball. There's always, there's been some sort of cheating from the beginning of time when it came to this, uh, to this game. Yeah, you know, it, like you you steal signs when you're on second base. That's the reason why we have that pitch com now, and, and whatever it is, what it is, it, it, they got caught. They were using trash cans, whatever they were. I mean, trash cans kind of a little weird thing to be using, but whatever. You, you did what you had to do to win. Yeah, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. In my opinion, but you know the you know the Astros, I think, were ten and eleven in games where they recorded banks. They actually had a losing record, and they actually had a better road like batting average than a home batting average. And Jose Altuve refused to use it. George Springer didn't use it because you know George Springer's got you know he he deals with stuff that I dealt with as a kid. I mean, growing up, I was a real big stutterer. He he deals with that, so I know how. When you stutter and have that issue, your mind, you get so confused with certain things. That's why sometimes words don't come out. And he was like, I, I wasn't trying to hear a trash can. I'm just trying to hit. That's and the equilibrium, right? Yeah. It, well, it, it just it just throws you off because let me tell you, as someone who has dealt with the stutter his whole life, your our minds work differently. So sometimes when you're trying to say a word and it doesn't come out, it's like you're saying it, but but you just can't get that out. And I can't imagine sitting there. What are you thinking? OK, this guy's this guy's, you know, I can't see the sign, but bang, bang. I hear that. Oh, wait. And like you, you don't have really the time to react. So I think it was a zero sum game at the end of the day. I really don't think it. Ha I mean, the Duke University, um, some people from Duke studied it. 
And they were like, it had a neither negative or positive effect. It didn't really change much. So it was against the rules. They broke them. They, they were punished. People say they weren't punished. That's an absolute 100% lie. Two years, first two round, first two rounds of draft picks, four picks gone. Um, Astros have the 26 rated minor league system. That's, that's being nice about it. But I think our player development has countered that really well with a lot of the guys we have on the, well on the roster now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, 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 we've spent a lot of time talking about this already. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to add other than just, I was happy last year that I was not rooting for the Astros in the world series. To be honest, I was probably, I was more rooting for the Phillies, but um, I was happy that they, that they won so that we could, so that they could shut people up about, about their ability to actually win these, these series and yeah. with all the scrutiny on them. And I think everybody in baseball sh- would have, should have been, hopefully was thrilled uh, for Dusty Baker, who is just oh, yeah. a, a top-notch human being, a great man and a great manager, and deserved that moment, and he got it. Um, and I, I couldn't be happier for him in that regard. Um, so I'm happy to move on from from this topic because we because I, 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 I we got that question from Sammy. I'm glad we asked it. It's like it's the always sorry. the elephant. It's always the elephant in the room. And any yeah, sorry if I went a little too long. I was just no, no, no. To... I just. It's, it's I, I I'm I'm looking I'm always looking forward like I try to look I try to look at what's what's coming next and there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with this there Astros is time yes uh, yeah there is I just want to I just want to say this will be the last time I bring this up on the podcast when you come on because yeah. I brought it up in 2021 and we both agreed there I think we talked a little bit about it on our 100th episode but thank you uh no more <laughs> yeah. all good yeah, I can. I can. I'll go ahead. Like, I have a you know a few things uh, just written here. Like, amazing season last year for the Astros. Like, I think there was no question. Uh, once they started really rolling and then got in the playoffs, they were just a steamroller. They they lost what uh, three game, two games the whole postseason. No, they, um, they well, yeah. Well, they lost in the, in the World Series. They yeah. they rolled through juggernaut, incredible team. They win the World Series. So I want to. The first thing I want to ask you about is, um, you get to the you get to the end of the World Series, you win, it's great, and then there's like a bunch of really weird front office stuff that happens like right away. What's your kind of take about like how that situation played out? James Click was apparently given a one year offer after winning the World Series. Says peace out, I'm I'm gone. They operate pretty much all winter without a GM. What was your kind of read on on how that all played out? I think a lot of people saw the writing on the wall where we had kind of heard that it, it, it wasn't that James Click and um, Jim Crane didn't, it, it, it's not that they hated each other, but Jim Crane, okay, look, Jim Crane's a billionaire. He runs Crane Logistics. So this guy has an international shipping company. And if you look in the underbelly of the Houston Astros and you look at the way they develop players, the way they hire coaches, who they have, I mean, everything, right? He puts the right people in the right position. And I just believe that what James Click gave the Astros personnel-wise, signing-wise and all that stuff, he wasn't doing all the things that Jim Crane wanted him to do to the extent that he, he was trying to be kind of a Tampa Bay Rays light kind of person. Now, Jim Crane is not a massive spender like Steve Cohen. I guess Steve, there's only one Steve Cohen. But but Jim Crane, he he tries his hardest to 
to stay within a certain vision. His vision is to put a winner on the field. And I just, James, James Click and Jim Crane, they didn't see eye to eye on things. And they I don't care click. How, no. They didn't click. Exactly. On, they man. did not click. There was, yeah, the, the clickbait was, and he offered him the one-year deal knowing he wouldn't take it. Now, I think he had um, Sig Miguel, I think, in his sights and even David Starnes in his sights. And I think they probably knocked on Starnes' door three or four times. And I just think they thought they had to move on from that. I just think Sig is in such a sweet position in Baltimore. And then apparently Dana Brown was on their radar. But when they picked him up, they actually went to Biggio because Biggio and him were um, college teammates um, at Villanova, I believe, is where they went, Villanova. Um, and um, so him leaving, it was just a right on the wall. Everybody knew that James Click was gone after the season. It was an awkward trophy presentation. Where, like he says, some of his voice cracks and yeah. walks off the stage. And it's like, I'm like, that dude's not coming back. Cause we were there at the game. My son and I were at game six. And um, I was like, wait, did his voice just crack? <laughs> yeah. You could tell he was clearly, he felt out of place. I think he already, I think he knew he was on his way out. Yeah. Him and the Astros just didn't click. No, but that's the thing though like and then and, and of course you had all these like i'm sorry there's there there's some real there were some real amateur takes out there like like oh the astros house of cards is collapsing i'm like guys yo just stop don't don't even act like you know what's going on in houston dana brown come in done a great job and so yeah, yeah. I, I was going to wait to ask about Dana Brown, but since you brought yeah. him up, I thought it was so. And you already mentioned the fact that the the Astros farm system is depleted and it's partially as a result of some of the penalties that, that have been taken. It's also partially because they have brought a lot of guys up and, and they've been successful and you're in the process of of uh, filling those in. I think you mentioned I, I looked before that they were baseball. America has them 25th in their latest rankings. And um do you think that part of the rationale for bringing in someone like Brown, who is a, a very respected scout, um, somebody that helped build up the championship team in Atlanta, uh, part of what his role is going to be is to try to build that farm system back up for the next wave of potential guys for the Astros to come up? You know, I really think that that was a big component of of who he is and his makeup. I mean, 30, 30 five plus years in major league baseball, whether it's a player as a person in front office, but I can tell you this, we talked to Jason Bell, who is basically the minor league field coordinator for the Astros and the assistant player development coach. He's, he's over all the position players. So this guy travels, Bell travels to every minor league club, travels up to the big club just to check in on players, seeing where they're at in their development. And those rankings those rankings are heavily based on signing bonuses and top prospects, right? Sure. Oh yeah. So at the end of the day, I think we are a much better farm system. I mean, Framber Valdez, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia, Christian Javier, Chas McCormick, Jake Myers, Jeremy Pena. I mean, if I need to keep going on, I will. It is a plethora of talent. And we've got kids in the Dominican summer league, Joey Liperfito, a left-handed swinging guy who who led Duke to their only ACC title in baseball. We got Drew Gilbert, the fireball from Tennessee. I mean, we've got so many guys that are in the wings. 
But yes, he will still focus on that. I think he'll bring it up a level. I think he'll bring it up a notch as well, because I think with the relegated rules and all the way that they, they're doing the lottery, the Astros won't probably have a lot of top picks here in the next few years if they continue to roll. But Dana Brown definitely will focus on that development side because he's very good at it. He was very good in in, um, in Toronto when he did it there, and he mm-hmm. did an amazing job in signing players to extensions. I think that was another reason why he brought him over as well. Yeah, and you just saw that, uh, the, you know, they just signed Javier to an extension. That's a big part of it. And Huge. Uh, so interesting offseason overall. You're, you're bringing back effect, mostly the same team with a couple of, honestly significant differences for the good or maybe not the good, but only a few. Um, I wanted to ask about Verlander. I think that's a good place to start when we're talking about the actual differences from this year to last year Yeah, where, you know, the Astros have built up so much starting pitching depth and they're, you know, McCullers is going to start the year on the IL. It sounds like, and, and probably Hunter Brown will start in the rotation, but you, You've lost the AL. You won the World Series last year. You lost the AL Cy Young Award winner. But most people, I think, are still, in my personal opinion, is that the Astros are the favorites to repeat. Um, I wanted to ask you about Verlander and specifically, um, you know, what was the the um, the sense, the mood in terms of was it ever really a possibility that he was going to come back? Who who do you think wanted what to happen? Did the Astros want him to come back? Did he want to come back? Was he did he want to leave? Did the Astros were they not as interested? What was your read on on how that sort of union ended? So Jim Crane and the Verlanders were very close. Um, I I met Jim Crane in 2021 at the stadium, and we talked. We talked about bringing Ben Verlander on, and Jim Crane's wife Wendy Crane just raved about Ben, raved about Kate, raved about Justin. I actually. It was cool. I got to meet Justin Verlander's parents um, during the World Series this last year. It was so neat. And they were just so close. I really thought that because of that relationship and because of those two years where he paid him $66 million and he wasn't pitching, that maybe he would return. And he would return to maybe retire a Houston Astro. But I think the second that Steve Cohen offered him that much money for two years, Jim Crane was just like, look, I love you, man, but I don't love you that much. Like, <laughs> you have pitching depth. And, yes, he's got a new elbow, essentially. And, you know, he he easily has a two – he has a strong two years in New York with the Mets. But I also think part of it was going – like reuniting with Max Scherzer, um, whatever the Mets had with their, with their building there. So it, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad blood. You know, a lot of people in Houston felt – Oh, he owes it to us. And, uh, you know, I don't ever know if a player really owes a city anything. I mean, he he came here and won two titles, essentially. I don't know what and Andy won. He won a Cy Young. He he had, you know, he had a no hitter. So, I mean, he did everything he was supposed to do. He even almost came back in 2021. And had he done that, he probably would have risked his future in Major League Baseball. I just think the price was too high. Um, once he started getting offers in, I think the second that offer was made by the Mets, the Astros were just like, sorry, thank you. Tip the hat. We'll have a tribute video when you come back to Houston, but we're not paying you what 40, 38 or 40 something million a year for the next two years. So it was just, it was just time to, you know, to move on. Um, but we loved having Justin Verlander here. It was, it was fun. 
it's so weird because like <clears throat> you say it's it, like you just said it, it's time to move on. This isn't the first time you guys have let somebody who is right. a big, big person in the team, like Verlander, won a Cy Young with you guys. You had Carlos Correa, and then you guys are just like, eh, well, well, whatever, we're going to move on. And not only that, this kind of scares me because of the fact that you guys let Carlos Correa walk, uh, and you bring in uh, Pena, you bring him up, and he ends up being the MVP for the World Series. And the ALCS. <laughs> Like that's that's insane. Let me tell you, if if you were to tell me and let's say let's say 2016 that we would go to six straight ALCS, four World Series, win two of them, but in the process we would lose George Springer, Dallas Keuchel, Garrett Cole, um, Justin Verlander, you know all these players. And and then you told me, oh, but by the way, you you won all these things. I would have been like, there's no way. Like clubs don't sustain um, those kind of blows, and that's why when people complain about Crane being cheap, I'm like, but have you seen the results? Like, how can you argue with winning? It's not like now if every World Series would be like 2019, which was absolutely painful, or 2021, which was just the worst. I mean. Gosh, that Braves team, they were just – they came out of nowhere, and they earned every bit of that championship, you know. Um, I had mad Dodgers respect. Dodgers fans, that. that's a real World Series. Yeah, yeah, that was – but that was that was a great – I mean, that was – I mean, the Locked On Braves host, there's not – there wasn't a single media person that picked the Braves to win that year. I mean, even the Braves people were saying, yeah, Astros in five. So I just think for what the Astros have done – the proof's in the pudding, and we just have the personnel. Jim Crane is a smart man. He's a baseball guy, and it's great when you have an owner that's a logistics guy that loves the game as much as he loves his business. You know, he's not Jerry Jones, thank God. He's not some of these other owners that tear these teams apart. He just does a phenomenal job. He puts the right people in the right place, so how can you argue with a proven winner? Uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> what, ha- what happened, Brad? Fucking Trey Turner just hit a grand slam. Oh man. Are you serious? Yep. What's the score now? Uh it's nine seven. I Are mean, that just goes to serious? That just goes to show you because I was talking to I think it you know some folks on, on our side uh before the game about the lineup, and you see Trey Turner's hitting ninth in this USA <laughs> lineup. It's like okay, Trey Turner just signed a three hundred and forty million dollar contract. Oh and he's God. hitting ninth. That's how much. Uh, that's how much clout the U.S. team has. Unfortunately, they don't. They didn't get any good pitchers other than like Wainwright or Lynn to actually pitch. But um, yeah, and you know, talking about like putting people in the right position, that kind of thing. Like, I I think that the the we talked about Verlander, like the starting depth that the Astros have, where you can let the AL Cy Young winner go and still be in this position. And the example that I give is. So Luis Garcia pitched tonight for, for team Venezuela. Yeah. And if you look at what happened in the postseason this past year, so like the Red Sox season sucked last year and the pitching sucked for most of the year. And if we had Luis Garcia, Luis Garcia would have been probably our ace. Um, and if I was air kitty, maybe a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit behind that. Those guys like barely pitched in the playoffs. Like Jose or Luis Garcia pitched, five innings in that super long game against 
the the Mariners. And then yeah. I think he also pitched in the game that was the no hitter in the World Series. And Urquidy pitched like three innings in the World Series. And that was it. Those guys didn't pitch in the playoffs otherwise. And those yeah. guys would have been the ace starters for the Red Sox. So you just have like an embarrassment of riches of pitchers. And I, this is why I hate the Astros because it's just so annoying. And now it's like, yeah, you it. have this, you have this in- entirely homegrown rotation now. Um, even with, yeah. with McCullers going down exactly. um, and Brown being in there, it's all homegrown guys. It's all guys that you develop. And none of these guys were like huge, highly touted as amateurs. Valdez, Javier, those were like, like, low five-figure signing bonuses, I think. They were, your, bar- they were your bargain bin guys. And yeah. So how did this, I guess I'd ask you, how did this happen? Like, like what, 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 what is your understanding of the infrastructure there that turned these guys into stars? The Astros, I would say the Astros and the Dodgers probably do some of the best baseball development um, in the international pool. You know, Houston has 22 Cuban players on like in their organization. Um, I think 40 percent of our of our players that went to the WBC were from Latin American countries, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, you know, places like that. Right. And the people they have, like we've interviewed Rafael Pena, we've interviewed Elvis Rodriguez, their hitting instructors down in the Dominican Summer League. And they just do a phenomenal job um, recruiting. I mean, when we get international signings, we just have scouts. You know, look, whenever we got Jordan Alvarez, okay? <laughs> steal Josh, of the century. So, My God. So the Dodgers. That was a steal. So the Dodgers wanted Josh Fields. Do you know the do you know the Jordan story? Well, I just know that he that the Dodgers the, the Astros stole him from the Dodgers for for Josh Fields, who was a so Red Sox at one point. Exactly. So basically, what I'll do is I'll give you like the thirty to forty five second clip. Okay. So they said we want Josh Fields. The Dodgers were like, "Who do you want?" And and they're and Jeff Lunau said we want Alvarez. And they're like, "You mean the guy in Double A? He's he's a pitcher. He's not very good." No, no, no. We want that seventeen year old Cuban kid. Jordan Alvarez. They're like, he hasn't even played a game for us. They're like, yeah, we want him. Because the first time they went to look at him, the Cuban scout told Lunau, you need to go get him. And he's like, no, it's okay. We've got enough, you know, outfielders. And then when he came up again, he called this, the, the Astros Cuban scout. He says, hey, I think we're going to get Alvarez. And he goes, you better get him. So they're like, okay, we'll give you Alvarez. Like they didn't even know like how good this guy was going to be. They They happened to get a diamond in the rough and he turned into that, you know, you having Yuli Gurriel, but Framber Valdez what happened by chance because the Astros scout had looked at all these players and there was, there was, there was a scout that, that owed that the Astros owed a favor to. And he said, look, I've got a guy I need y'all to look at tonight. He's ready to pitch for y'all, but it's 45 minutes from the facility. And he goes, well, but it's going to be dark by then. He's like, the stadium doesn't have lights, but we will have the field lit. They get to the field. It's lit by car headlights. <laughs> oh, Framber Valdez is on the mound. And Framber Valdez throws one or two fastballs. And they're like, oh, you know, he's, he's got he's got good stuff. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. And they said, hold on. And they gave some signal to Framber, and he threw his hook. And the Astro scout was like, do that again. He did it three more times. And then, boom, that's how Framber Valdez was discovered and signed. So Amazing. these guys, those stories. we've just got great. Ozzo Campo was 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 one of the key um, 
architects of that. He's now with the Miami with the uh, Florida Marlins. Yeah. Um, or I'm sorry, Miami Marlins. Yeah. Is it is it Miami or Florida now? I, Miami. I, okay. They had, to, they, had, they had to change the name sorry. so they could build that monstrosity of a stadium where they where uh, where the game's happening tonight. Yeah, they, I went they, there they and name. Was part of I don't game. know. I don't know if they laid the crappy turf down, but it looks like they grabbed the turf from the trop to bring it down to Miami. <laughs> What, you don't want really anything bad. from the trop, like just the bird. No, it looked bad. I was like, "Is this? Are they trying to be the trop 2.0? Like oh. the turf?" So, hold on, you 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 didn't like uh, Lone Depot Park? Um, I liked it, but that didn't sound too assuring. There. Well, they took down that stupid monument, right? Like that thing in center. What the hell was that thing? Oh, they still have it. Someone's like, "Hey, can you move that piece of crap outside?" <laughs> Like nobody liked it. I don't know. But you know what's cool? It's it's right there in Little Havana. And let me tell you, like we're walking up to the stadium and there's all these guys wearing like um, Puerto Rican gear and they're right, right on the, they have a car parked in front of their house and they've got this dominoes table and they're all playing dominoes. And as these Dominican fans are walking by them, they're like talking smack to each other. But it's all like good fun. Like the culture down there in Miami is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, you know, look, it was cool. We got to add another ballpark to our list. Um, it's just not, I'm, I'm just so used to Minute Maid Park. Um, any, anything to me is just different, you know, um, it's gotta be better than the Rangers new stadium or, or, or as I call it, tough shed stadium. Cause it looks like a freaking, it looks like they sell tractors out of that place. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always impressed in the postseason with Houston, with the crowds. I mean, it seems like an electric place to be in the playoffs. You know, you know, it is, but you know, American baseball has got to step it up. Like it was like, we need the energy in the, in the WBC. I'm like, I don't know if we can have the energy for 162 games. I, I've been yelling that from the rooftops ever. So I'm up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work for five. Right. And when the world baseball classic started and like the games over in Asia were going on, I'm like, I got baseball at five o'clock in the morning. And yes, I, I had to, I actually got a subscription to one of the satellites, uh, Sirius XM, whatever, um, free advertisement, pay me some other time, but, um, <laughs> I purchased it specifically so I can listen to the world baseball classic in the mornings. And there's nothing I love more than being able to listen to a, a live baseball game while I'm at work, but hearing all the trumpets the horns the music everything that's going on it's like people that are saying that there's not people that really want to see this they're fucking crazy because i've never heard that type of energy in an american league baseball game see uh, see we went to the dominican versus israel um a, a friend of mine tried to get us to go the next night to the dominican versus um puerto rico game and we just we just couldn't make it. But, oh, my God. So, you know, my son wanted to go to heat game. So we're at the heat game while my friends like you know six blocks away. But he was like, dude, the atmosphere was crazy because we were both at game six. And, you know, I know what that's like in a playoff game. I know what that's like um, to see Jordan Alvarez hit a home run in more than one occasion in the playoffs and turn games upside down to quote the announcer. But the. These people, like I was, I, this is what I hearken it to in America. I think we have almost an oversaturation, make kind of an overabundance of things, right? Like we, we have baseball everywhere. Like we can get competitive baseball anywhere, 
these people are playing for their countries and their countries are smaller. And so they don't have as many resources or as much access to all the baseball that we have. So when they have a national team, there's a lot more. It appears that there's more pride because they're just putting all this energy into it. And so, you know, good for these countries to come out and celebrate. And they came together. The, I heard there was a fight between a Puerto Rican guy and a Dominican guy during the Dominican versus Israel. But those guys probably had too much to drink. And that happens all the time with regular baseball. But I love the energy. So tip of the hat to the people that have come out, people that have come into Miami, flown into the U.S. to watch their team be represented is really cool. Yeah, we got to step up our game. I don't care if it's if it's 162, but like in a postseason game, playoff games, whatever. Now, playoff let, games in Houston are pretty electric. I yeah. can I can tell you that. Let, let's, like uh, we we got to step that step our games up, uh, people. So, hey, um, so in 2023, what do you got to look forward to as an Astros fan? <sighs> Christian Javier and Framber Valdez being the one and two or whichever order, it's probably going to be Valdez. Um, that being your one, two punch at the top um, Hunter Brown, what is he going to do? He's probably going to hold that fifth or sixth spot. You're not going to put him higher because he has a lack of innings. Um, you know, people say he's going to be Justin Verlander 2.0. While I know he's similar to Justin Verlander. I'm not trying to put that on him right now, but he has a very high ceiling. Um, Jordan Alvarez, as long as he stays healthy and his hands stay right, he's going to have a monster year. Kyle Tucker is probably going to compete for the MVP. He may hit 400 and 450 or 500 with the shift gone. Um, I think Martin Maldonado is going to have a crazy good year offensively. When I say crazy good, I think if the guy can hit 250, that's a crazy good year for Martin Maldonado. He's in better shape. He's looking good on the field. Um, we've got a promising backup catcher battle. We've got center field battles. We got Brantley coming back and we got Jose Abreu. I mean, we basically took the heart and soul of the South side of Chicago and he's now a Houston Astro. So I can understand why they probably hate us even more in Chicago now because he's one of the most beloved White Sox of all time. So we've got a lot to look forward to. Look, we've got a relief pitching core that is tops. Um, and we got a guy, Ronel Blanco, who they're trying to stretch out to a possible starter because LMJ is down and he may turn into a starter, if not a long reliever and be one of those um, unsung heroes. Um, and of course, Ryan Presley, America's closer. So Altuve, Bregman, the crew, Jeremy Pena. I mean, what is what is there not to be excited about in 2023? Gold jerseys the first week, the ring ceremony. I mean, it's 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 going to be fun. I yeah. Know it, that the, oh, go ahead. go ahead, Brad. Okay, <laughs> okay. Keep I on. know that as uh, as uh, a fan of a different team uh, than the Astros, I'm excited with the fact that Luis Garcia is done with rocking the baby (laughs) he's actually done really well with it he has but i'm just it's so weird watching him pitch he's been pitching for venezuela and it's like i wonder if he's gonna go back to that and he because he could he could well actually 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 no major league baseball made it clear that it's a balk yeah that it was never enforced that he takes Mm -hmm. too many steps which they just which last year they they could have been enforcing this whole time and they just chose not to 
That's, yeah, that's it, it was just adding way too much extra time into the game. But, you know, you had a kid, though, in Houston on a Little League team that was the Colt 45s or the Hooks, I think, and he – he got down Luis Garcia's pitching motion, and he got to meet Luis Garcia this year. That's he did a news story great. about it. He met Luis. He actually did a first pitch at a game and did the whole rock the baby thing. We we called it the cha cha slide, you know. So, okay. um, but Luis Garcia is a great guy. Um, I've met both him and Jose Arquiti before a game. Just talked to him briefly, and just great dudes. I mean, this this whole club, they celebrate each other. They want everybody to be successful. Um, there's no division. And look, Forrest Whitley, will he show up in 2023? The most touted first round pick, number one pick of the Houston Astros since Carlos Correa. And he hasn't seen a major league game yet. Will he finally make his way onto the roster? Will this be his year to break out? And that's, that's a storyline everybody's looking at too. Yeah. The the thing that I was going to ask is because, you know, you said what not to be excited about. Like, yeah, I look at this team and I don't really see a, a weakness. Like it's the only team in baseball where I look at the roster, literally the only team of 30 where I'm like, there's no weak point here. Like this is the best team. And if everyone's healthy and you, you can get, get good. Perf- I'm not trying to jinx you or anything. It's just a fact. No, I like I don't see a weakness in this team. If they don't win a hundred games, it's going to be a huge upset. Um, I guess I would just ask you like, you know, you've seen this tonight, obviously, with this Altuve thing where where it always all comes down to health um, and you have McCullers on the I.L. And it's been this weird start of the, this season for Alvarez where he hasn't really gotten yeah. into a game because of his hand. Is is health really the only thing that's a con- is it concern or are there other areas of the team where you think to yourself, eh, maybe we could this might be something we have to address at, a, at the trade deadline? Or so. Is there anything other than health that is like a concern? <laughs> That is literally the only thing. And I've been I've been telling our audience locked on Astros, look, I don't think a lot of people because we didn't talk about it, because we didn't deal with injuries. Baseball injuries are a part of the game. And last year, yeah. we didn't have a ton of injuries. We didn't have really any. I mean, we were waiting for Lance McCullers to get onto the roster, you know, as he was recovering, doing what he was doing when he was down. But outside of that. You know, towards the end of the year, we had Jordan with the hand. But, I mean, heck, we had freaking, at the end of the season, Maldonado played through a sports hernia and a broken hand. So, the only thing that stops this team, and I think we can win it again this year. I think we can win back-to-back. But I think we're going to deal with some things this year that we haven't dealt with. Just because the law of averages, and I'm not not saying it's it's going to, it's a 100% guarantee. But more than likely, we'll have more injuries. And maybe this Altuve thing. Look, I would rather the Altuve thing happen now. Hopefully, it's a bruise and not a break. Yeah. Uh, if it's a break, it's a little bit more, you know, maybe two weeks. He's down. He's he's ready for opening day. But health is key. And that's where our pitching depth comes in. We've got Justin Dearden, who's been making waves in spring training, who could make his way on the 40-man by, by opening day. If not, we've got guys waiting in the wings. And it will be a next man up kind of scenario where yeah health can play a factor and at the end of the day look when you get to the playoffs you have to show up and play when we went against the mariners see i wasn't worried about the yankees i was worried about the mariners i was really worried about seattle i was like seattle's gonna take it to us and i was shocked that we swept seattle then i was like okay new york may win a couple but we could probably sweep the yankees 
But when you get to the playoffs, I think the Mariners are better this year. I think a lot of people have caught up to us, gotten a little bit closer. It's definitely going to be a little bit tougher. You're not going to run through ALDS and ALCS like you did last year. So health is key. Um, you know, you lost a couple guys. You lost Yuli. You lost Verlander. Um, and so, but you've got everybody else back. So, I, yeah, I mean, you you replace Yuli with with Abreu. I mean, that's a yeah. that's a that's a yeah, significant that's like a, upgrade. Yeah, that's um, a big time upgrade. You know, and then yeah, you did. And, and you, there you, you brought get, Montero back. You didn't lose anybody in the yeah. bullpen, and you know, it's, and there you go, letting a, letting another star player uh, for your team who has been a part of your team uh, for a while. He let him go, and now he's with the Marlins now on a minor league deal. Yeah, you know, he he has the most postseason hits by a first baseman, or he's tied um, for all-time postseason. I mean, Yuli and Yuli said the Astros did not even offer him anything because wow. the Astros said we are talking to Yuli several times, and Yuli's like, they never once even talked to me. And I think Yuli was a little hurt by that. Um, who knows? Yuli probably goes out with the Marlins. He probably makes the Major League roster. And you may have some key moments, but I just think it was Yuli's time to go on this 40 man. You've got to have everybody that, you know, is going to come back and contribute. And even though he was a lot of the heart and soul of this team, um, it's a business and you, you definitely just have to move on and keep looking forward. So uh, the last question I have for you as Red Sox fans, we have the rivalry with the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. Would you compare uh, the Astros rivalry uh, with the Dodgers to our rivalry with the New York Yankees, or would you say it's a bigger rivalry? Well, the Dodgers would have to actually beat us when it matters. <laughs> um, That's a hammer and nail situation. God, like they're <laughs> such a sorry. It's, it's, the fan base just brings the worst out in me. Um. I know every year since 17, everybody's like, I want the Dodgers. And I'm like, I don't want the Dodgers. We've, we've already beat them. Like, we beat them in seven games in L.A. Like, okay. Like, they don't have Cody Bellinger anymore, so we know they won't strike out as much. But um, oh, I, I, really <laughs> think, I really think as as far as rivalries, I would say us with the Yankees. And Yankees fans try to deflect that. But we're the first team to keep them out of the World Series in like a decade. Um like first time in their history. And since 2015, we have completely owned them in the playoffs. We are the Yankees daddy period in the story to quote Pedro Martinez. Um, but the, I would say yes, the Dodgers, but they've got to get to the world series when we're there and they can only seem to make 20 like shortened season world series now since 17. I just, I don't, I don't know what I don't look. Dave Roberts loves to outmanage himself. And I think that's a that's a problem in health. I think the Dodgers' health was an issue this last year too, right? So yeah. I'm more I feel more rivals with with the Yankees. Um, I would like it to be the Rangers, but it's like playing a high school team when you play them. And now they have like this eight hundred eight hundred and fifty million dollar payroll, and they they did that just to get what third place. Um, I mean, they got Degrom, great pitcher, but yeah, can't stay on the yeah, field. Great, yeah, he'll he'll what get you like what eight starts, and Maybe. then he'll be on the IL. Like if he had, you know, he had a guy. Just quick, we had a guy on this week, the one that I did with Brandon, where we talked to a guy who was a 
he's both kind of a Yankees and Mets guy. Right. And he kept saying, like, he said to me, he's like, you might throw more of the innings than DeGrom this year. And I said, well, I haven't pitched since eighth grade, so I don't know. I mean, we'll have there's to a reason possible. why Steve Cohen was willing to move on from Jacob right. DeGrom. Oh, yeah. And look, hands down, I think when he's healthy, he is one or two. Like, he is, he is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm not so, taking anything away from his talent. It, it's just the ability to stay on the field. Um, look, our division should be stronger, but it's us and the Mariners and then everybody else. And even even though, gosh, I think the Angels are going to actually be better this year. I just don't see them making the playoffs. I mean, until they make the playoffs, I just it's it's a weird thing that they got going on there. They got so much talent. They just can't, I don't know, put it together. I think the, the, the Otani thing is so Brad and I went through this last year as Red Sox fans where it seemed like the entire discussion around the team was two things. It was what's happening with Bogarts and what's happening with Devers. Obviously Bogarts ends up leaving, but we end up resigning Devers for a long term. The the Otani thing is going to subsume the entire season there. Oh yeah. I don't think there's any way that team is going to be successful. I think yeah. there's I don't think there's any chance that they are a playoff team because so, because they are going to be distracted. Every question is going to be about what's happening with Otani? Where is he going? Why haven't you know where we because well, I think the fans the have resigned themselves to the fact they're not going to keep him, but it's just going to be the whole thing is about where's Steve Cohen's money? When is he's going to be, you know, it's, it's that team is going to I think they're going to be below 500 again that's my so that so the astros um regional sports network at&t sports is i think they filed chapter 7 at&t sports group did, they did. or chapter 11 with uh the, i think they're owned by warner brothers now but it's being rumored that jim crane's going to purchase the the regional channel and have like an astros channel um which would bring in a ton of revenue for him and so one of our radio guys we just had on patrick Crichton, he's on um on um espn 97.5 um fm radio he said, hey, if the Astros get that channel, he said, Papa Crane will have plenty of money to sign Otani. Can you imagine <laughs> Otani in Houston? I'm like, yes, yes, I would love it. God. That would be heaven. And the league would hate. We would, we would now be the evil empire for sure. Because the Japanese media money, just Otani being here, like him himself. Literally he was- anywhere he goes. Well, that's You've true. got all of that because we we were discussing that too. I mean, he like, could end up in Seattle. Seattle's got a you know they had Ichiro. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. And and right. so, but dude, wherever he goes, it really does. Get... We were talking about this. Uh, who who were we talking about this with? Um, I forgot who it was, but imagine him. You know, he's in Anaheim, and I know it's the Dodgers and whatnot, but the Dodgers really didn't do anything this off season. Yeah. No, so that's oh, a he little... could end up in LA. He could end up staying in LA, and he he sure. could be a Dodger. But God, you you, I mean, you think people hate us now? If we get Otani, got Otani, you can now. forget it. Like we will be Satan. I think I might have to hate you. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm I'm buying. Hate, hate your team, not you yourself. So <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Jake, do you have anything else you'd like to ask? Um. I think we've covered most everything. You know, I, you talked about owning the Yankees, which is just like, you know, I think like the people that own real estate rent free and the Yankees fans heads are like Raphael Devers and, and I think Verdugo a little bit. And then like the entire Astros roster. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Just the the videos of, of, you know, we want Houston, we want Houston. It was just, oh, it was glorious last year. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, No, again, I just, 
I, I look at this Astros team. I don't see weaknesses. I, I certainly think that as a fan of the game, you have to respect what they've done, what they've built. Those players are incredible. The fact that you have guys like the caliber of Kyle Tucker hitting like fifth or sixth in the order. It's just like, it's crazy to me. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I think that, that, uh, when we're penciling in playoff teams and figuring things out, the one thing that we know for certain is that the Astros will be there as long as their health stays where it is. And, um, I look forward to battles with them. And, and we're talking about just the last quick thing about, uh, you know, atmospheres, the best game atmosphere I've been to ever in my life was being at game three of the ALCS in 2021, hmm. which was the, the Schwarber grand slam against Urquidy And, uh, the last, the last game, the Red Sox won that year. Um, but that was that was amazing, and the Astros were part of that. And then the Red Sox didn't win another game the rest of that series. But that's a, that's that's my well, fun. That's my most fun memory of being at Fenway Park is is being. I was there too. Oh yeah, so you was there too, so. Yeah. So that's well. Funny. Here's yeah. the deal. I'll I'll leave I'll leave this episode with the words of a wise eight year old kid that I met from Boston one time, and he said this to me: Never forget. Yankees suck. <laughs> I mean, it's like the, the handshake emoji. Like we're all. And we're when he did it, when he did it, he flipped the bird. It was an eight-year-old kid from Boston. Sounds like an eight-year-old. Touche. All right, boss. Uh, where can everybody find you, and where can they find your show? So they can find us at um, at Stros for One. Oh, sorry, that's my sorry. You can find it. You can find the show Lachlan Astros on YouTube. Inst- I mean, anywhere. Instagram, Twitter. I mean, any social media outlet. Um, we are on TikTok now as well. Um, you can find me at HTM Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But seriously, subscribe to our channel. Even if you are a fan of the Red Sox, we talk about baseball throughout the year. And look, we have fun doing it. So um, we would welcome everyone to come join us. And I thank you guys for bringing me on. Y'all do a phenomenal job here at the pesky report when i say the i mean all caps the pesky report so thank y'all for having me on once again always man uh you are basically our astros guy and maybe one day we'll get both you and eric on the show uh to talk (laughs) strohs um socks and whatnot so i appreciate you coming on uh and everybody will be talking uh we'll be talking some more baseball on sunday night which will come out on Monday morning. Uh, and we've got a ton of guests coming up this next week. We got Crystal O'Keefe talking White Sox. So stay tuned. <laughs>